Hey everybody, welcome to the College Blend. I'm Alyssa. This is New. Hey, and today we're going to be talking about how to build a relationship with your professor, uh, how to get that started, uh, different policies that they've had that we've experienced. Um, New, what's the craziest story of anything that's ever happened with a teacher with you? I don't know about it. The uh, most strictest one you've ever had. The strictest was literally nothing. It was like the driest material, like she'll blow through the slides. No phone, no computer, no distractions, nothing. Quiet and the lecture room. was like and just really monotone. It was literally <laughs> like, yeah, like she would read through the slides and everything was just so dry. That was probably the worst one. And that was, I won't state the class. Cause, no, don't. Uh, <laughs> no, don't. That would be no fun. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was probably the worst. How about you? So it was really, really similar. So he would do like slides. And the thing with him is it wasn't that he had a ton of slides. It was that he spent so much time on one slide. Right. Like he would just ramble on things that uh -huh. had nothing to do with the class subject. Right. And then it was like an hour per slide. Uh -huh. And then we would run out of time. And then he'd be frustrated, like, okay, we'll, we'll have to do double next time. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we like, won't because of fault. how you, yeah, <laughs> because of your speaking. Right. Yeah, so that was bad. But actually, the strictest one I had was an anatomy teacher that I had. And it wasn't even here. It was at uh, MJC. And she, we were like the first or second class she ever taught. Wow. And no matter what I did, I could not get ahead of her. Like, it had been years since I'd gotten a B. And I just could not get ahead of this chick. Like, I, I was crazy. reading, like, two, three chapters ahead of her. Um, she was pulling exam material. I don't even know where. Like, I would right. see something on the exam, and I'm like, where was that? Because I've read everything, you know? So well, it, there's some you just can't get ahead. It, that's crazy because, like, the, the same class that I took, you know, the one that he, like, she ran through everything, like, every single slide was yeah. just chopped through. And she was so strict about everything. What was crazy was she didn't allow, like, she didn't hand out study guides either, so you didn't know what was yeah, on the test. Yeah, no study guides, uh, nothing. And everything was, she says everything was from the book, but, I mean, I read halfway through, and I'm like, wait, it doesn't sound similar. So, I mean, it, it kind of depends on the professor. It's uh, such a personality thing. Or, yeah, it is. Because, like, I mean, if, because I've had, so, I'll go ahead and state this, because she's really cool. Um, she, she teaches, gosh, what's her name? <laughs> is it one you just oh no had? okay so professor schrader shout out to you i love you uh <laughs> she, she's pretty strict about you know cell phone and stuff but you know she keeps the material relatively like entertaining and yeah nice and where you don't even really think yeah about and it's phone. like you don't want to look yeah. at your phone because everything's just so you know interactive yeah so it's kind of like well she doesn't allow phones but you almost don't even want to touch your phone because the class is so interesting you know yeah and it's economics like how do you make economics fine what? She, she Economics yeah. is so fun. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, no, some of well, them are. I hate graphs. So You do? Yeah, I despise graphs. I hate lines and dots. So. <laughs> She's totally disenchanted. Yeah, but Professor Schrader, man, highly recommended. She, she's wonderful at what she does. Um, but, I mean, aside from that, just the other class that I won't, that I refuse to state. That one was, was the roughest. I mean, it, it wasn't like I got a bad grade in it, but it was just like, it was just the worst class. It felt forever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can hang with no study guide as long as they're like, hey, study everything I've given you. That's right. the only place I'm pulling exam info right. from. So just do what you're supposed to do and I'll hold up to my, you know, end of the bargain. Yeah. But then they pull from like my anatomy professor. She would pull exam questions from other textbooks, uh -huh. from stuff she would find on research papers. Um, 
stuff that I would have no way to have access to. You'd basically have to read her mind to get it. And it was just, it was such a lost cause. Wow. So at the end of the class, I think there was eight of us or uh-huh. nine of us. I'm so shocked they didn't just drop that class for like financial reasons. Cause I think wow. you have to have it like a certain amount of students, but that's crazy. It was absolutely nuts. Like you have to be so careful with picking a teacher because right. the chemistry has to be there between you and them. Like uh-huh. your learning style has to fit their teaching style. Right. Or else you're probably going to have a really rough semester ahead of mm-hmm. you. So it's important to like build a relationship if you can. Like my advice, if you write a paper, like the very first one if, or assignment, if you don't like your grade, I would go talk to them right then and be like, what can I do? Because I don't right. want this to happen again, right. you know? But I've been, I've gotten surprised a few times. Like, what? I've had <laughs> A like, minus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had like the best professors who will tell you, the, you know, and show you the ropes of what you did wrong and what they want to look for. Dr. Hassel will do that. I mean, yeah. Hassel yeah. does that all the if time. If you meet with him, he'll go uh-huh. over. And then I've had a professor where they go, well, you can't redo it. And I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. Like, they're like, you, you know? can't redo it. And I'm not giving you tips. Right. And you're and like, okay, like, okay so, so I just have to not learn. That's right. That or works they hit for you with everyone. the, well, so when you weren't paying attention in class or what's going on, I'm no, it's not that. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. So they, you're, you're, you have a writing style right. too, right? Not right. just a learning style. So uh-huh. they have to be receptive to the way you write. Right. That doesn't always happen. Like uh-huh. again, if the chemistry's off, they may not like the way you write, and there, there may be another teacher that loves the way you write. Mm-hmm. So I think it's totally about chemistry. It's totally about the way they teach, just kind of working out for you and really sinking in for you. But yeah, there's. I've definitely had some teachers where they were a lot more strict about classroom rules. Right, and to highlight on the, you know, being on their good side and having your know, your professors know you, mm-hmm. that the difference that's going to make is especially if you're in a class of like a hundred or two hundred people, and you stand out. You never know if you're going to get that 88 percent, and you know, just because they know you, they might even bump you to an A. You know. Yeah, so. just like because you know how many times you've heard them say, you know, if you come to office hours, if I see you really trying, if I see you really caring and you're at like an 88, a 89, like yep. they might bump you up like like they would do for anyone who's mm-hmm. really trying to really put in the time. I totally believe that. Yeah. Like I've seen it happen for people who have really tried and like I knew that they didn't get an A, but I knew they got close and then it was like on their transcript. So right. I, I think they totally do that. But some teachers are like no curve whatsoever yeah. no nothing yeah my nothing. finance class i'm taking right now it's like oh, the grade you get is what you get <laughs> i'm like ah, all right yeah so do, <laughs> do you have do you have two exams or what's the no how many uh, things do you so have to every come single back? well every single week we have well every single week i have two two tests and oh actually i take that back though no, every week i have four tests so quizzes or tests tests that are like yeah, they're like significant amounts of points. No, that's insane. It's a rough class. It's a rough class. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Are you well, doing a chapter a day? What's going on over no, there? No, it's it's two two it's two chapters a week, but it's like some intense intense kind of work, so See, I'm cool with it. Wait, have you taken finance yet? No, that's next next semester. Well, you know how I am with numbers, but we'll see. I guess, again, I think it depends on the teacher. So if I get a crazy teacher, then it will be the exact same experience that you're having now. Um, Who's your teacher, by the way? I won't state. 
Is then it that bad? No. Okay, well, you tell me later. I won't then. do it. <laughs> and, the, and you know, a lot of people that what they'll do is they'll yeah. ask that. They'll be like, "Oh, it's a rough semester for you. Right. What's that teacher's name?" And they'll right. either steer clear of that teacher or they'll do the opposite and they'll look well, it up. There's not a lot of professors that teach us the, the first finance course, so I mean, everyone's gonna have to go through it. Just for me, I mean, the course is is stock heavy. Meaning it, it goes through a lot of stock investments and certain things like that. And that's just, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. Because Ye- like I said, I hate graphs and I hate, you know, calculating. Oh, is it a lot of graphs and stuff? Like I econ? mean, there's a few graphs, but you're calculating a lot of numbers and figuring out how much is the market price, its futures. And yeah, I don't know. You, you'll get what I mean next semester. Yeah. No, it's that's fun. definitely something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think... For a lot of students, they just, they'll look up teachers on Rate My Professor. Right. And one reason why I don't like that website is because there's been so many teachers on there that got the worst rating, Mm -hmm. and I took them for myself. And they're good, right? And they were amazing. Yeah. They knew what they were talking about. They had very clear-cut criteria. Um, So I would say consider the source. Yeah. Oh, Um, oh, for sure. You never know what type of students those are. Are they as dedicated as you? Um, are they just saying d- avoid, 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 right. which is a phrase I see on there a lot. Um, that was on there for some teachers I really liked. So. Well, with, with Rate My Professor, I, I always look at the pe- positives. I never, like, you know, look at yeah. the negatives. And the professors that That's I... That's a good s- way of doing it. Well, here's the thing. Like, last semester I had to take a class. And yeah. she, she was the only, that person was the only person who was, you know, teaching the course. Well, I had no option left because everyone who was teaching it had classes closed, and I looked her up on Rate My Professor. Well, they're like, avoid, avoid, avoid. Like, she was rated, I think, like 1.5 stars on there. So, oh, that's they're like, awful. every single, yeah. So, you I was can like, get oh, up to like five. well, let's see how bad it is. And I actually took it, and it was, it was exactly what they were saying on there. So, really? Yeah. So, it, it, it varies. I mean, you know, you have to take the positive. I think if I was to look on Rate My Professor, um, I would look at the ones that j- just has the positive reviews and not the negative ones because unless it's all negatives, then you know that something's wrong. Because I mean, if no students right. ever if write it's a positive a, one, right? It's if like, it's what's a going on? if it's a larger sample, right? Right. Well, then that's then yeah. That's and you also to have to look at the sample to. size too. Like you know, if it's eighty it, students versus four students, yeah. If it's four students and then it's kind of like, it's uh, like this could all be the same student just right, like logging in right. and posting again. Yeah. So I mean, it's rough. It's rough for professors. I, I know a lot of them who are like, no, I never look at that website. I just don't want to know. Yeah. And then the other ones are like. I look at that all the time. Yeah. Like, I think it's hilarious. It's so, like Yelp for professors. <laughs> yeah, it's like Yelp. Yeah. Like, who has time? And that's another thing is, like, I don't think it's necessarily prudent to just, like, go on and bash professors on there. Yeah. Um, unless you're really trying to help other students. Like, hey, if graphs aren't for you, uh, maybe steer clear of the way this person teaches right. instead of uh, bashing the person because – that does not have anything to do with the material, or I would say go more for class details rather than bashing the person. I mean, right. that's just a fallacy in its own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd be really careful with using that. But I know everyone does. Everyone does. Even it. with me saying that, like, yeah. people are still going to Google it now. Right. So, I don't know. I still catch myself on there, too. Um, but, yeah, I would say um, the biggest thing for me has been going to office hours, making the time for that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? Yeah, Is office hours. Yeah. Uh, there's times where, you know, if I can't make their office hours, they're willing to, you know, meet me outside. 
And yeah. I, sometimes I prefer that too. You know, you just get outside of the uh, the the school environment. You get to be one on one with them. You could go grab lunch with them and you know go over your the assignments that you want to. Yeah, some of them are really open to that. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I mean, you literally made a new friend if you go out to lunch with your professor. You know, so not even just that. I would encourage people to seek like mentorship. Yeah, like. The ones that you really click with, uh-huh. they can totally be your mentor. Yeah, like the for sure. the academic relationship doesn't have to end with that semester. Right. I've gone to teachers that I've had in the past and been like, "This is a paper I wrote for another teacher. Right. Um, I got an A minus on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you see? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and they'll mentor you on it, and they, that's totally outside the scope of what they have to do. I mean, they yeah. have their own students, but mm-hmm. some of them will seek that and they'll really mentor you, not just with that, but with interviews, yep. picking a minor, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Like, remember Dr. Shu? He was like, I hope after this class you'll come see me, that our relationship won't end after yeah. this class. He would always say stuff like that. Right. I think he's one of those teachers where yeah. you could totally visit him. Right. Oh, no, for sure. He, he's definitely a professor. Him, Dr. Hassel. Uh, I mean, there's just so many professors that Dr. Uh, Bradshaw met. too, Bradshaw. which we're gonna have on the show. Shout out up. to you, brother. We're, he, we're gonna have him next week. So, yeah, yeah, he should be fun. Um, but you know, yeah, definitely. I think every professor should serve as a mentor, uh, unless they really just have no interest. Um, but I have to say, that most professors do care about their students, and they do, you know, want to see them succeed. So, I mean, if a if a professor ever says no, it's either one they're too busy, or I don't know. What, yeah, what I think doing, there so. is a really rare. Um, brand of professor that you ha- we have to mention, which is the ones that aren't necessarily into mentorship and kind of they don't really enjoy being a professor. Right. Um, I've had professors where they have a whole other job on the side, like that they enjoy more. Right. And um, you can really tell you're on the back burner, mm-hmm. and that's really unfortunate because I think students look to professors a lot for advisory and. They just don't reciprocate. They're right. just they're not in it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really a disservice to themselves and to the students when they just don't care. They're like two really hard exams and that's it. I don't really care how anyone does. Right. This is just like a night hobby to me. Right. Well, that's sad. With that too, though, you also have to keep a, a, a you know a, a hawk's eye for mm-hmm. say you know looking out for professors who have done their profession, have retired and is now teaching for fun. Now, those are the ones that you really want to scout for because those are the ones who's really going to come back and, you know, want to mentor the next group of yes, people who's going to go yes. into the field. Those are the ones that are special. Yeah. I, I mean, I met, I met a few professors who's like that uh, back in Sacramento, and I still keep in contact with them because they're just so that they're that significant where they've been through it. They've been, you know, they, they've walked through the fire and came to the other side, you know. Yeah, they've and done the. Now they're just retired. The and they just want to have fun and they just. They have nothing to do at home, so why not go teach at college and, you know, pass right. on the knowledge? They so. love advice. There's some really, uh, like I said, special ones mm. that will really advise you, really care about your future, love giving advice. Um, I think something that some teachers need to realize, and about 99.9% of them do realize, um, but I've happened to come across some who they don't realize how much the grade they give can impact someone. Right. And I don't just mean they can't get a job, because that's not true, but what I mean is like their confidence. Mm-hmm. As a student, I've seen some students uh, end up with a B when they really thought they were gonna get an A, or a C, or a D, and it really does kill their confidence for a while right. in other classes. And I would just say that teachers need to be careful of that, because we really wanna encourage like free thinking and 
you know, entrepreneurship and people having confidence to go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. And if you bring down someone's confidence, who knows what you're getting in the way of. Right. You know, I just think there's a lot of people who maybe they're not book smart, but they have so many other gifts and those need to be utilized and, you know, nourished through education. Well, that's what education should do. Yeah. Is nourish a student. And I think, you know, you know, I think we had this specific talk with Hassel when we first took his class where he said he teaches in a different method. Kind of like he how does. They, yeah. I mean, it's different methods. It's no longer a punishment kind of because because the, the system that a lot of colleges inherit or at least a lot of college mm-hmm. professor inherits is, is, you know, you get the answer. And then if it's wrong, then it's wrong. Right. Right. What and does that, that teach that, you? Yeah. Though? And that's almost punishing you. You know, yeah. it's like, well, if, since you didn't get it right, you're going to get this grade. Versus showing how much you've improved through the semester, and that's your grade that reflects your actual, you know, that that it could be because it nourishes a student, it promotes growth within a student. So obviously, at the end of it, the student will learn, will want to learn more. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're rewarded for wanting to learn more and correcting their past mistakes. Oh, totally. Yeah, that, I think that changes the whole perspective. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think there should be reinforcement for free thought and for. You know, like, because with with Hassel, uh, obviously, you guys can tell he's one of our favorites. Um, He encouraged a lot of free thought. Like, he would say, okay, let's write a paper on this. And I would say, oh, well, you know, do the right thing and do this. And he'll be like, well, that's really PR. Like, how do you really feel about it? Like, write me something that you wouldn't want everyone to see. Like, Uh how do you really feel? Um, And that challenges you to expand. That challenges you to um, think about ways of writing that you've never really been encouraged to do. Uh-huh. Uh, I think teachers like that, that kind of throw away the books and get to like the concept of it is right. so important because I think people drill, 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 memorize, 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 and they're not getting anything out of it. That's half the battle. I yeah. mean, knowing the terms is half the battle. Now yeah. applying it is a different story. Yeah. And I, I think with that, you know, you really have to look back and, and analyze everything. Because it's not just one side of the coin. Now you have to kind of argue both sides of right. the coin and really go from there. You know, I like throughout my whole entire education uh, career and experience here, I've, I've been blessed to meet so many, you know, great mentors and instructors who have taught me how to write we like do. that. We do. Here's. And yeah, and it's, we have great professors totally here that awesome. teaches writing. So, here. Uh, I mean, if, if anyone wants to get into writing, I think this is the spot to be at because all the professors here are amazing at what they do. So. Yeah, and they'll yeah. they'll give you topics that might seem like a trap at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, abortion? Are we really getting into this? You know, yeah. but um, you can put a new spin on it to where. Um, and one of the things I've said to Dr. Hassel's students a lot um, when I visited his classes is, you can do something based on a philosopher and just explore how like a really radical philosopher felt about something, and no one will actually know how you feel about it. In fact, if you're doing a good piece, sometimes they'll have no idea how you feel. You're just kind of being factual and researching everything. Right. Um, so that's that's a tool, too. If you're afraid to say how you really feel, you can kind of hide behind philosophers a little bit uh, right. to explore avenues that maybe no one really talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you can find a teacher like that, hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Take as many classes with them as possible. Because I think learning about free speech and learning about um, ways to write that maybe can cause controversy, I think there's value in that. Right. Even if it's not popular, I think there's right. value. 
Um, so yeah, I think definitely picking the right teacher for writing is mm. crucial because it's all about opinion. Right. Uh, how they well, think. and to, to piggyback on that, I think the best professors are the professors that teaches you how to argue. Yes. And argue a real solid, valid argument. Yeah. Uh, free of fallacy right. and just totally uh, a way where there can be banter yeah. and it's respectable. Because I love to argue. I really love to argue. People see arguing and as a bad thing. No, it's not it exercises a bad thing. your mind. I mean, if, if everyone establishes something, you know, that it's like, oh, no hard feelings. Well, let's argue this out. Yeah. It's fun. You know, it's really, really fun to just debate about a topic and do it so openly and have no hard feelings at the end of it because it teach it forces your your mind to you know to exercise mm-hmm. and you know the more exercise you do for the brain the stronger it gets and it kind of changes your perspective after a while and that's why i love art class so much with hassle because we argue every day in class we'd argue every day yeah, you'd literally day. split the class in half yeah and say prostitution yeah go yeah. And, and we were like, okay. One side yes, one side no, let's yeah, go. Yeah, we, we were forced, right. Nu and I were forced to argue yes for prostitution. Um, and I have we, to say, I, I think I'm that undefeated in that us. class. Yes, we, we <laughs> totally, you guys are not going to believe this based on what our position was, but we actually totally slammed the right. other half of the class. That's and I, I was proud of that because it's something you wouldn't, uh, again, something you wouldn't normally defend, uh, being forced to look at it in ethical terms. Okay, well, what makes it different than another job? Have we really thought about this? We know we feel it's bad. Um, but can you pinpoint that emotion? Can you pinpoint those facts of what actually causes that stigma? Um, right. You know, we were forced to do that. We were forced to say why we feel the way we feel. And it was it was crazy it's to just split up. It's fun. If you can do it free of, you know, self-serving bias, if you can do it free of circular reasoning, um, <laughs> it's hard to not give in to those fallacies. You'll catch yourself doing them. But if you can refrain... You can have a really great argument with someone where you end up thinking about things a different way that you never believed before. Right. They can change your mind almost. Mm -hmm. That's that's something I think teachers should definitely encourage. It'd be nice to have just like a debate class. Yeah, it'd be fun. I think I'll take it. I'll take it as elective because, yeah, I love debating. Yeah, just to, I mean, even like when I'm doing numbers classes a lot, Uh you're like, man, I miss reading and arguing. Well, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I do miss it. Now that I think about it, I'm like, I was talking to my cousin the other day, and he's a philosophy major. Oh, that's a, that's actually a good Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. And I was like, well, you know what, bro? Like, honestly, if I didn't think, if I didn't get into business and that kind of stuff, and I had another major that I want to do, it would be philosophy and writing. So Yeah, either that or journalism, I think. Yeah. I totally agree. Those are probably the next coolest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dr. Hassel wouldn't agree with that, though. He thinks business is like the biggest mistake yeah because there's so many but um well i mean to to get and to get back on track you know it's i think a student should get more intact with with professors who teaches writing and certain things like that because it flourishes you more versus you know like what i'm finding what i'm facing in like finance classes it's just regurgitation of of equations oh yeah anyone could do that you know right drilling yeah everyone could anyone could drill numbers and I mean, heck, you can go on the computer and find a calculator that does everything for you. Right. But you won't go online and find a ghostwriter online that would write your paper for you in the most dynamic way that would reflect you, yourself, and your personality, you know? That's true. Yeah. Because, yeah, it kind of forces you to uh, really dig deep and pull from you instead of, yeah. I think 
Um, search engines really come in handy with numbers classes. Um, there's obviously calculators on there. There's scientific calculators. There's programmable ones that can send info to your cell phone. Um, Jag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Sean and Jag study. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I think that if you do it that way, you really don't get anything out of the numbers classes. I think the way it's set up right now, it's, okay, remember these formulas. I'm not going to give them to you. Right. Remember, this is credit, and this is debit, and this is the capital account, right. and this is the you know portfolio account. Um, I think that just causes, like, you exactly what you were saying is a lot of memorization. Mm-hmm. No learning whatsoever. Yeah. Because if you were to ask someone, well, it happened in the second chapter of stats. Yeah. They are like, no idea. <laughs> I, I think we went over this. but it's Empirical yeah, rule? Right. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the difference between that and, like, arguing is arguing, you could take it on so many sides and not one side is always correct. No. You know? No. It, but for math, it's you know what's the end result. Right. The numbers are the numbers. Yeah, there's no blurred it. lines there. Right. There's no gray areas. Yeah. And then there's no... I mean, the grayest area is rounding. There's not even free you know, thought like <laughs> in, like, getting the right answer. I had right. a, uh, a college-level algebra professor. Um, I did it a different way than he did it, but mm-hmm. I got to the right answer, and he didn't give me any credit on it. Oh, wow. And I asked him why, and he said, because I want you to do it my way. Right. And I think that's totally robbing students of being excited about math. Like, ooh, I found this other cool way to do it. I didn't break any mathematical laws. This works for me. But they're forcing them to do it their way. Yep. And then it takes all the fun out of it. There's right. no, f- not even free thought in that. And right. I think that's a mistake. I think I think I heard this story somewhere where, where students, where there's a place where it was teaching students where it gave them the equation and then they gave them the answer and the student had to go and find the equations to do it. Now that mm. teaches you to be more dynamic because there's so many equations that could pair, to, pair up with I each other. I feel like that'd be good in a lab. Yeah. Like in group work. Right. That would be fun to, to find which equation. Oh, I mean to, to find different systems to work with that equation to to figure out the end result. I might limit well. it a little bit so they don't go crazy. If it yeah. was me, I would say it's somewhere in this book. I'm right. giving all of you the same book. Right. No tricks right. up my sleeve. Uh, it's in this book somewhere. Uh-huh. I'm not going to tell you what chapter. Um, this is the question and the answer. I think that'd be a great lab exercise. Because yeah. not only does it cause you to work together. So and if anyone uses it, that, I don't know if anyone's that already. I'm a patent it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought of teaching? Have I? No, yeah. I probably won't do it. Not even in retirement? Uh, no, I'll probably do mentorship. But I, I probably wouldn't teach. So would you, so like maybe well, working I mean, at a school? That kind of conflicts because. Okay, I would mentor, but I would never teach formally. How about that? See, that make that makes sense because I think there is a there's a way you can segue into just mentoring students. I think that right. that actually exists. Um, certainly, it does on this campus. I've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's a good that's a good option um, for people who just love to advise people. I feel like that's what should get people into teaching in the first place. Right, is just like really caring. I love seeing growth around people. I mean, even with like a lot of my friends, I'm not saying like I made it anywhere big or have gone to, you know, many places, done many things. But I do feel like, you know, I, I am moving somewhere in my life and I feel like I'm, I'm on the right path where I think I should go. Uh, and there's times where, you know, I just have friends who come up and they're confused and, or then they're lost and they don't know what their purpose is. And I find myself sometimes, you know, being that not necessarily mentor, but I almost feel like they're mentor, you know. I feel 
like you could do that for public speaking. You guys yeah. knew is great at public speaking. No, this I'm guy not. doesn't I'm ever horrible. get nervous at all. I've done several presentations with him. Um, yeah, I think I think definitely that. I mean, speaking is so important. You have to do it, it across everywhere. Communication. It's is never going to go away, especially if you're communications or business Mm -hmm. i think you could totally mentor people in that and just like being confident and like public speaking i think that's such a huge tool right um and i would encourage people if if they have problems speaking or if they you know have maybe a speech impediment they're worried about um don't let anything like that stop you find a mentor that you feel like is a really great speaker and meet with them a few times and do some exercises for confidence and work past it i've seen i've had professors with speech impediments who are fantastic Mm -hmm. and give really great lectures so um yeah i would say definitely don't let anything make you feel like you can't be right a great speaker and can't move on what a lot of people have to realize is you know your greatest weakness before you have to make that your greatest strength now like for me i hated writing when i was a kid i absolutely love it now like i want to write books now because yeah, you so start to open up. And yeah, but then like the thing people have to realize is they don't do things because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Well, mm-hmm. if you never do anything that you're 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 not comfortable with, how will you ever grow? You eliminate your you know the opportunity for you yourself to grow. So by you know so my suggestion is if 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 something makes you uncomfortable and you don't you feel like you're not in the right path or you're not you know doing it correctly, keep doing it because that's how you know you're grow. I feel like we always end up getting into like motivational speaking. Yeah. I think well, we, we're going to get to we it. We do. We always, always end up doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love throwing out these like really cliche yeah. believe in yourself believe. type of things. We're like <laughs> the hugger believe in yourself types. Yeah. You can do it types. Um, no, but uh, getting back to the professor thing. Um, I think there's been a few professors here. Um, some of them are really hot and cold. Um, like I said, they do their thing. They leave. They don't want emails. They don't want you to come to office hours. They don't even like doing office hours. Um, they won't meet with you. They don't have clear-cut directions for exams. Um, and I think when you're stuck in that situation, you're in that class, it's almost can feel kind of hopeless. Like, right. I need to accept that I'm going to get a, you know, some people will feel like I need to accept I'm going to get a C mm-hmm. because there's nothing I can do. I've done everything and they're not open. Um, so I'm just going to do my best. And if I get a C, then I get a C. I think there's value in that and right. realizing it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. There's something else keeping you from the grade. You're a great student and take the C and move on and don't let it bring you down as far as confidence, academic confidence is mm-hmm. concerned. Um, you can make great relationships with professors, but there's another case where if that doesn't work out, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you can move on. You can, it's not going to stop you from being a teacher or being whatever you want to be. That one C isn't going to stop you. Mm -hmm. It's not everything. Grades aren't everything. Like for me. Yeah. Grades aren't everything for me for sure. I mean, just speaking from my, 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 myself, Mm -hmm. because I can't speak for anyone else obviously, but for me, I'd rather have my, my peace of mind, you know? Like I would rather not, I re- I would rather take my C than have three sleepless nights in a or row more. where or more, you know, the so entire I, semester. Yeah, so you know, if I have to take a C for me to sleep at night, then yeah, I will. Yeah, you don't want to just stop enjoying life because you dedicated, you know, like full time mm. job amount of time to this one class. What people have to realize is this is four years of your life. Very, four to five very years small of your life. It's a small in, fraction. 
Yeah. It's not even ten percent. And that's so irrespective to yeah. the rest of your life and what you're going to be doing. So I totally agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that's something. That's something I could definitely work on. Is you know not caring so much. It's just been it's been so long since I've gotten a B that what am I going to do? Like you start to think like when you get one. Start questioning your mission. Yeah, like you need to. Cause then, am I really smart? <laughs> yeah, like it, when you've had A's for a long time, that's great. Um, you know, high five. But then when you finally, years later, when you do get a B or C, um, that could probably easily drop your confidence because you're so used to how it's been going. You'll feel right. like you lost the magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So not true. Um, does not matter as much as you think it does. Um, right. Don't, you know, alienate all your friends and family and life and sanity uh, for the purpose of making one teacher satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously an issue with them and not with you. Um, certainly put in the work, uh, do what you're supposed to do, uh, right. dedicate. But if it's coming to the point where you're literally not doing anything else, mm-hmm. I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think that that's healthy. Nope. Then there's there's teachers that like literally behave like you have no other classes. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten that before? So this week we have three essays, uh, <laughs> twelve pages each. <laughs> like, yeah, no, there, there's a lot of professors. You're like, yeah, like I felt that. that. So, yeah, I may be like, feeling yeah. it right the second. Who knows? Well, no, like, well, right <laughs> now, keeping track. Thankfully, we're. I'm only taking one class. I don't know how many you're taking. Two, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's summer, so it makes sense for you to have, you know, like three essays a week. But during the school year, it's kind of rough. <laughs> No, it is. Yeah. I know. Cause sure. like, well, because in the summer you want to do stuff. Yeah. And it's like, but aside from that, aside from <clears throat> any personal reasons that you have of doing that, I think it does, like, I think teachers do need to give a little latitude for, hey, there's a bunch of other classes going on for them, like right. in a normal semester too. Mm-hmm. And most of them are working full time, right? Because this is a real world mm-hmm. and uh, financial aid doesn't cover everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a real thing. That's not like... <laughs> you know, something students just say. So uh, I think they need to understand that they can't just go home and work on that project. Right. For students like our friend Diego, you know, they're going to work right after class. And that's just not a reality for them. And I think Mm -hmm. there needs to be more of a way for students to get through that. You know, for MBAs, we have uh, the working individual MBA, where it gives a lot of space for working full time. And it's like a part time MBA. I think teachers need to maybe move towards that direction where they have a deep understanding for the full-time worker right. because it's almost everyone now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I know anyone who's not working at least part-time or more. It's, it's hard to do all of college and not come out with, you know, 30 to $40,000 in debt if, you know, and, and not work. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing ever. Uh, because plus on top of that, once they come out, they have to have to get a job and repay that, repay that $40,000 loan that they yeah. took. School is a tough thing. And as it's far as horrible. the relationship, um, if, if you want to tie that into the relationship with the professor, um, some teachers say, like, I know you have work. I know you have this and that. And mm-hmm. then they follow that with, but I don't care. And it's like, yeah, you know. And then there's other teachers where they're like, I know you have this. If, if something comes up with your kids or, right. or your work or something, I know that's a reality. I know you can't quit or get fired or have a no-show because I changed the date of my final or because I added a paper. Mm-hmm. Please come see me about it. Um, that would be the type of teacher I would want to be. Like, I want to help you graduate. I want to, you know, work with you to graduate. I don't want to have you get a C or a D and have to retake a class and, you know, really stunt your growth 
mm-hmm. as an academic just because I had such an intense course load. You know, right. I, I really think that there should be more of a work on basis because mm-hmm. we should be we should be helping graduation rates. We don't want to increase retention. Right. That's a big problem in the CSU system. So I think um, more of that, having a relationship with your professor, making sure they know um, what your commitments are, I think mm-hmm. that can help for the ones that do care. Right. Some of them do care uh, mm-hmm. how much you work. Uh, have you ever had to say, you know, my boss is calling, I have to go or anything like that? I've had a lot. I yeah. Mean, uh, well, not necessarily my boss, but I mean, it's life. Something things comes come up. up. Yeah. Things come up all the time. You know, I mean, you could you could plan your college career. You could plan your college plan the best way you can. But, I mean, there's going to be things that happen. Yeah. You know, you never know. Your car might die on the way to your final, which that's happened before. Not to me, but someone who I know. Yeah. Called me, you know. And then there's there's times where their car is flooded, where it's just Overheats in the summer. Yeah. You never know. So, I mean, I, I think if you're listening, you're a professor. I mean... I mean, a lot of professors understand this, but some refuse to accept it. Where it's they yes, make way for happens. one emergency, right. and it doesn't cover right. the final. And what if you have yeah. no emergencies except the day of the final? Yeah, I, and plus on top of that, it's you know being like I'm not saying being a hypocrite, but I mean you have to kind of you know you have to walk before you talk. Mm-hmm. I've had a professor will knock you down every single time. That would dock away points for you every time you're late. Thus, he's probably more late than the students. So it's kind of like, well, then how do we dock? Do we dock your paycheck or what? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, it kind of goes back to that. You know, life happens. As a person, you, you must understand it. Everyone has to understand that life happens. So. Yeah. And I've, I think if they know limitations ahead of time, if, yeah. you, if you've sought them out, you know, building a relationship with them, you've let them know, hey, I have a sick kid. My kid's always sick. This mm-hmm. has been going on for a long time. I mean, because I know a lot of single moms and yeah. single dads right. uh, in college. And, you know, they just have to let them know ahead of time so that if that does come up, that relationship comes into play and they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you let me know ahead of time, like first day of class or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. There's there's those ones where the relationship isn't really relevant because they don't really correspond to that type of, right. you know, interaction. So. I would say be really careful about if you, I mean, I've done this before. If you've started a class and you feel like the chemistry is not there, mm-hmm. you can take it with someone else. Yeah. You know, make sure you're getting the most out of that class. Yeah. Um, you're paying for the class. You're putting your time and effort into the class. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's everything that you want it to be, right. that you leave with something. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes right back to that relationship, figuring yeah. that out. And what's great too is you have two weeks to figure it out before you drop that class. So yeah, they do usually push. Yeah. They push out the day, except yeah. in summer it's a little closer, right? In summer, I think you have like two or three days. days. Yeah, yeah, to drop it. I wouldn't suggest during summer. Like I said, it goes back to our last podcast. I suggest taking summer, uh, summer school online. <laughs> <laughs> it helps you to have your life and get everything situated. But yeah, with the uh, you know just during spring and fall. <clears throat> You have two weeks to figure out whether you really like the professor or not. And make sure you establish a plan A and a plan B. Yeah. So if that doesn't work, then you can hop on to the next professor that you want to go to. Yeah. Um, a lot of professors that I've taken, especially with, you know, like finite math and statistics when I took it, mm-hmm. first thing they'll say, this is the hardest class you've ever taken. I'm like, okay, challenge accepted, you know? Yeah. And then, like, after <laughs> the, the, the next two weeks, it's like, okay, well, do I really want to stay or do I want to go to a different one? Yeah. That's when you really choose, but... Usually, if a professor says that, it's going to be a hard class. They, yeah, they it's never, like yeah. Uh, they almost pride themselves on being yeah. difficult. Oh, I teach a don't very care, hard class. Don't care for that. 
Right. It's like, are you happy about a low exam average? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it, you well, shouldn't. <laughs> you know the class is hard when they've rounded the grades down. So it's like a 60% to 69 is a C. Oh, I've never had a round down. Oh, really? That's intense. Oh, my statistics and my uh, finite was rounded down because it is a very difficult class. Well, not, I'm not saying it's difficult, but it's kind of difficult. Well, again, it depends on the yeah. teacher. Well, if you right? haven't had math for like five years like I did. It was, oh, it yeah. Was then it would be but... you'd be playing catch up while you're trying to go right. ahead, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely say... Um, Pick your teachers wisely. Always, always try to get a relationship going with them, uh, an academic uh, one that helps you progress, one that you feel like you'll get something out yep. of. And again, you're paying for the class and putting time into it. If you don't feel like you can get something out of it, it's okay to switch teachers. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say do that all the time because mm -hmm. then you're just, you know, hopping around. But right. uh, I'm not sure you'll get anything out of that either. But um, some people may say that's a little harsh to just like switch teachers. But again, if you're paying for it, I think you should get a say in does my, again, for, again, I can't reiterate this enough, does my learning style correspond with their teaching style? Is right. there, can I do something with that? Mm -hmm. um, that's so important. So if that's not there, I would say recognize it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you do see it, that's special, hold on to it uh, and then have a great semester that way. Right. Uh, anything else you want to say new no, to add to perfect. this? I think that covers what I wanted to do. Okay, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Um, next week's 4th of July, week after that, we're going to have Professor Bradshaw on uh, talking about how to do the perfect interview. So stay tuned for that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. All right. <laughs>